Good evening and a really warm welcome to you. That sense of praising God and giving him blessing and honour. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you that your hand is upon us. We thank you, Lord, that you are present with us here and now. And we thank you, Lord, that we can pause our life, we can step out and just be quiet for a moment. Lord, we want to give you our worship and our adoration. But Lord, as we come to do that, we recognise that we have failed you and we need to confess. So Lord, at the beginning of this time of worship, as we have just sung blessing and honour, glory to your name, we want to say, Lord, sorry for the times we have not brought glory to your name. Sorry for the times we have not blessed you or our fellow sister or brother. Lord, as we confess our sins in this quietness to you, we pray for your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, as we are forgiven, we pray the life of Christ will be seen in us and shaping us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our next song is that great song, Holy Words, Long Prevailed. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in before and behind. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. It's quite a prayer, isn't it? Lord, search me. I mean, dare we pray that prayer? In life, we're often going at top speed. I don't know if you've ever been on a journey where you've just been determined to get there as quickly as possible. And you, you've just gone focused. I'm going to make this journey. I'm going to make this journey. I'm going to get there. And you want to get there as quickly as possible. And then somebody says, oh, on the way, did you see? But you were going so fast, you hadn't seen what, you was, miss what was around you. And sometimes we go through life with God like that. We're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go. And we miss so much of what God wants to show us. Because of our frantic activity to achieve some kind of self-imposed destination, we miss the journey of God. And so in this worship and in life, Tonight, we're looking at being present with God in our everyday life. Being aware of what, where God is and what God is showing us. Being aware of God in our everyday journeying. Not just when we stop. In a way, it's about slow down. 
slow down and see God at work. In Psalm 46, he's got that well-known words, be still and know that I am God. In another version, it says, stop striving and know that I am God. Today, we're being challenged to slow down, to see God at work, to see God in our everyday lives. Our next song is Here I Am, I Surrender. As we say every week, do look at the notice sheet, do see what's going on in the life of the church, and do please also respond. Particularly we're asking you to respond very quickly now to the fact that we're looking for new deacons for the church. And if you're a church member, please go back and look at that and try and discern who God may be calling you to nominate. Thank you to those who give week by week. In the notices, we're now going to pray a thanksgiving prayer for our gifts and going into our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. Lord, at the beginning of our prayers now, we want to pray a prayer of thanksgiving for your provision to us. And Lord, as we pray, we want to thank you for all that you have provided to us with. And Lord, we now, in our minds, follow our actions or pledge to you our actions to give. Lord, we bring our offerings to you. That people will be blessed and helped through them. Take our gifts, Lord, and use them for your glory. And Lord, as we pray, we pray for those who need help in our community. Lord, we pray for the homeless on the streets of Romford, on the streets of London, the surrounding areas. May your hand reach to them. May you, Lord, minister to them through us, through your church. Lord, we pray for those who find themselves without enough money to buy food. And we pray for the work of the food bank. The food bank in this church, but the food bank in churches throughout this country. Lord, minister, Lord, through those food banks to the people in need. And Lord, as a church, as we move towards having our own centre for community money action, we pray, Lord, for those who are being trained as helpers and counsellors in that. We pray for the training, Lord, that your hand will help them to learn, that, Lord, we will be able to reach out to those in need. 
We pray for those clients who are going to come in seeking help, that, Lord, we will welcome them, not be judgmental. But, Lord, also we will find ways of showing your love to them and telling them, Lord, also of the great news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for the ministry we have among children and young people. Lord, we thank you for every child and young person who has been part of this church, who is now part of this church. And Lord, as the activities start to gain momentum again, Lord, we pray for Hannah, for the team, that Lord, you will be with them. And Lord, we pray that as young people seek to move forward in their faith, that, Lord, you will reach to them. Lord, we pray for our older generation. And we thank you for them, Lord, but many of them have found this last year particularly hard and many have struggled with health and the health of loved ones. Lord, we pray for them all right now. Particularly in our minds, Lord, we remember those who have particular needs at this time. Lord Jesus, minister to them. Reach into their lives. Lord, we pray for the ministry of the meeting place, Lord, as we seek to reopen that and seek your guidance, Lord. We pray your wisdom and that, Lord, we will know the steps we will to take in your time. Just bless Alison and the team, Lord, as they try to do the work needed to reopen that ministry. Before Vicky comes to preach God's word, she's just asked me to read two more verses from Psalm 139. And they're verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting as Vicky comes to preach Lord speak through her speak O Lord good evening if you've been watching any of our online services over the past number of months you will know and be aware that we have often included a passage from the Psalms as part of our ongoing worship whether it's been in the morning during our sung worship or as we've come to prayer sometimes whenever it is we've included those um, passages from the Psalms because we know that the Psalms reflect that huge breadth and depth of our human emotion, those feelings that so many of us will have experienced, not just in the past few weeks and months, but also over our Christian lives, however long our Christian walk has been. 
I know a number of people who have used some of their psalms as their daily source of encouragement, particularly when the lockdowns were in place and they were praying a particular psalm day by day. And particularly when things felt uncertain, people turned to the book of psalms just to encourage them and to help them in their daily work. And I wonder if that is something that you uh, had done. I wonder which particular passages from the psalms you turned to. I have a number of favourites um, that I turn to again and again. Perhaps it's when I'm feeling down, I turn to a particular two, three, four different psalms. Or maybe if I want to just shout out my delight and praise God, then I'll turn to a different part of the book of psalms. Sometimes the psalms are there to encourage me or to encourage others. And of course, there's those ones we come back to, Psalm 46, where we come back to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and his characteristics. And I'm sure for you, your favourites may be different to mine, but all of us will have those passages that we turn to in our journey that help us. Well, when we were doing the well-being course, we were encouraged to use Psalm 139, the passage that we've just heard and those two verses that we've just heard this evening. And we've been encouraged to use them as part of our daily walk with God. And we're going to look at that tonight as a little bit more as we look to pray the prayer of examine. And that's what it's called, this passage from Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24, Praying the examine, praying, if you like, it's a bit of a mouthy word, isn't it? Praying the prayer of awareness, praying that moment when we open ourselves to God and allow those moments when we talk and commune with God in prayer using that psalm. Now, there are many different ways that you can pray, uh, do the prayer of examine or pray the examine. But I'm tonight using the Psalm 139 that we discovered and learned and focused on during the well-being course. And um, it's to help us, as I say, to, to see God's hand at work in our lives. Many of us will know the book Celebration of Dis Discipline by Richard Foster. And in it, he says this. In our busy, hectic world, it is easy to run from one thing to the next without much thought of God's presence and purpose in our daily life. The prayer of examine emerged in the 16th century as a way to help believers recognise instances of God's grace in the course of the day just ended. By learning to give attention to God's grace in our lives, we come to know and love him more and more. And really what Richard is saying in those few lines from his book is that as we look and invite God in during the prayer of examine, we are allowing ourselves to see where God is at work in our life, where he's active. It gives us the opportunities to thank him and praise him, but also to say sorry for the way that we have been living, which perhaps isn't the way that he would choose to have us live. There's five different steps to the prayer of examine that I've got tonight and each one of them is designed really to take us along a journey to help us become more attentive to God and his voice. It's also about enjoying spending time with God each day. And the first one begins by giving thanks. And of course, we know, don't we, as Christians in our prayer times, we should always start our time together 
by prayer, by prayer of thanks and praise, thanking God for who he is and what he's done. And when we give our thanks to God, when we praise his name, not only are we declaring how great God is, not only are we declaring who God is and how it relates to us, but actually by that simple act of of thanking him and praising him, we are actually helping our mental and our physical well-being. As I say, it, it came from our study on the well-being course. But we know also that it's a biblical principle to give thanks to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's just one of many different examples of how we can thank God. And, and, and the reason for thanking him is to just declare him as our Lord, as our mighty and wonderful God. And as we express our gratitude, yes, it has an impact on on us physically and and mentally and emotionally, but also on us spiritually. If we go back to the book of Psalms, we see that whole breadth, as I say, of our feelings and emotions. But if we get towards the end of the 150 Psalms, the whole book of Psalms ends in joyous exclamation of praise and joy and excitement. That opportunity to thank God And that's really what we need to learn in our prayer life at the beginning. Even when we struggle, we still need to thank God. If we look about the Apostle Paul's life, he knew what it was to suffer. He knew what it was to face persecution for his faith. He knew what it was to be beaten and flogged and imprisoned. And yet he is the one who chided the early church and us With those words from Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And sometimes our tendency is to look negatively, but by starting off and giving thanks to God, we set our eyes focusing in on him and declaring God as the Lord and the Saviour, as the God who is the King of Kings and the Lord of all. Particularly maybe when we're struggling to hear God's voice, Maybe we feel he's a long way from us or we're a long way from him. We need more than ever to find ways to give thanks to God. And if that's how you're feeling tonight, I want to say to you, just take a few minutes over the next few days and write down three things or five things or ten things. Jan challenged us to do this a few weeks ago in the morning service. And just give thanks to God. And then at the end of the week, look back and see how many things we've got reason to give thanks to God for. It doesn't have to be really big things. It can just be for the sunshine out one day or for seeing a beautiful flower or receiving a wonderful phone call or just a smiling face that it's just encouraged us or for the food that we've got to eat, that we have the opportunity to have food on our table day by day. And the more that we look for these things, the more that we take note of them, the more we can reread them and encourage us. Actually, we are reminded that, yes, we may feel that life is tough, but it's not all tough. There are good things in our life, too, and we need to thank God for them. I want to say to you, whether you are in a good place or a place where you're struggling more tonight, over this next week, challenge yourself. 
find ways to give thanks and praise God because it's all about starting and ongoing our journey with God and seeing him at work, being attentive to him, praying the prayer of attentiveness to God, seeing his hand at work in our lives day by day. So we start the prayer of examine by giving thanks. And then secondly, we do the part which is possibly a little bit more uncomfortable, which is where we say to God, search me. Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. How easy do we find it to say to God, search me. Search me and know my heart. Perhaps we find it uncomfortable because we're not used to doing it. But even if we are used to saying to God, here I am, I've got my open hands and my listening ears and an open heart. When we invite God in, what we're saying to him is, I want God to challenge my behaviour, to make me think about the actions that I am living by day by day. He's going to come in and search out our hearts and test us and know our anxious thoughts, all to do with the way we're living our lives day by day, the choices that we may be making, the lifestyle that we may be following. But the point of doing this is not for God to come in with a big stick and beat us up. No, that's not what he wants to do. What he wants to do is to lead us in the way everlasting. He wants us to grow in our spiritual maturity. He wants us, as Christians, to follow him more dearly, as the old song says. If we don't know where we're going wrong, if we're not used to listening to God's voice, if we're not prepared to say to God, come in and by your spirit convict me and search me and test me and, and speak to me, then we may never know what we might need to do to grow as Christians, to change some of the things that we may be doing. A few weeks ago, I was at Parkside on a Monday morning taking the service and I used a few verses from Psalm 26. And I'm just going to read a few of them to you. In verse 1 it says, Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord, it says in verse 2, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Again, a repetition of that sense from Psalm 139. And then a bit later in the psalm it says in verse 11, I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful to me. And I'd ask someone from the group in the Parkside service if they would read the psalm in its, a bit more in its entirety uh, to uh, one another as we listened. And they looked at the psalm and they read it through and they went, oh, this is going to be an interesting morning. And it's because actually they started off with those few verses at the beginning. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. And I wonder, as it goes on in verse 11, I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful to me. How many of us can claim that we have led a blameless life? I know I can't. I know that that might have been what I want to do, but I know that I haven't always got it right. 
I would like to say that I have trusted in the Lord all the time. But sometimes I falter. Like it says in Psalm 139, when it starts off with search me God and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. We're saying to God, come in and speak to me and show me what I need to be doing better. Because as we get to know God more and as we learn to do that more and as we're more attentive to his hand at work around us and in our lives, we are more able to walk with him day by day. And take this encouragement, because as it says in verse 26, I lead a blameless life, and I've already said that I can't manage to do that. I do get things wrong, but I have this assurance, because it goes on to say, deliver me and be merciful to me. When we try, when we open our lives to God, when we invite him in, and perhaps are aware of the things that we don't always get right, we are reminded of God's mercy and of his love, and of his grace. Maybe it's not something we've been used to doing, and as we pray this prayer of examine, as we open our hearts and say to God, search me, maybe nothing will spring to mind. I'm not saying that's because we're perfect, but what I am saying is, actually, just at that moment, just dwell in the fact that you've opened yourself to God. Because through doing that, we are tuning our ear in to what it is he may be saying. Don't use it as an opportunity of thinking, well, God's not spoken to me, so I'm quite complacent. I'm obviously living my life well. But actually, listen and be silent and get used to hearing his voice. Seeing his hand at work. And if he's got nothing particularly to say to you on that day, in the way that perhaps he might not to me one day, on that day when I spend that time with him. What it's doing is helping us tune in to God's voice and to his spirit at work in our lives. We start off by giving thanks. We open ourselves up and invite God in to search us. And then thirdly, we need to review ourselves. And this is the moment in the prayer of examine or the prayer of attentiveness where we ourselves look back into our own lives. Maybe since we last prayed that prayer and we ask ourselves, where have the interactions been that have taken us towards God? Or where have they been where we've done things or the circumstances we found ourselves in that have taken us away from God. Another way, perhaps, if that doesn't work for you, is to ask yourself this question. Where are you with God today? I've said before that that was a question that I was asked more than once during my accreditation process. Where are you with God today? Where am I with God today? It's a question that often we will ask ourselves at the end of a year or the beginning of a new year. But actually, it's not a question we should only be asking once a year. It's a question we should be asking ourselves day in, day out, that prayer of attentiveness. Where are we with God today? 
if we know Psalm 139 well, we know that it talks about where can we flee from God's presence? Because wherever we may go, from the heights to the depths, God is always there. And actually, if we think about our own lives, where are we with God today? Are we hiding from him or holding onto his hand? Whereas the opportunity when we invite God in to search us, we're asking God to come in and speak to us. But now this is the opportunity when we review our own lives. When we look back at ourselves, at our behaviours and our habits and our choices, have they taken us towards God? Or have they led us away from God? It's about that moment in our own lives we can take ownership of our own actions our own thoughts, our own behaviours. It can be those moments when we say to God's Spirit, come in and fill me. And by allowing God's Spirit to come in, we aren't allowing sin and negativity and patterns of behaviour that take us away from God, where those darker areas perhaps that could reign in our lives. But we're saying to God, come in and fill me because I want to walk towards you. I don't want to be hiding from you, God. I want to be holding your hand. Where are you with God today? What are the things that are holding you back, taking you away or leading you on? That passage from Romans 7. Is that quite complicated passage? But it reminds us about how are we living It says in verses 15 onwards, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. What I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. In a sense, what Paul is saying here is, who is dwelling supreme in our lives? Is it God Or is it the darkness of the world? Are we able to turn our eyes and say to God, here I am, I am walking with you and you are leading me and I am following? Or have we got caught up in the world? So actually the lures and the temptation of the world is more predominant than that of God. We need to review ourselves as well as inviting God in to speak to us. We are responsible for our own actions. We need to make sure that those actions and those behaviours are pleasing to God and taking us towards him. So perhaps it's not surprising that part four of this step is the act of confession. Maybe because we've invited God in and God has spoken to us and his spirit has convicted us. Or perhaps because we've taken that time to review our own lives, we've realised that actually we do need to say sorry. To say sorry for letting God down. For saying sorry for not walking towards God but away from him. And so during this time, 
And it doesn't have to be a long, long time we do this day by day. But in our time, we need to say sorry to God. Let's not use it as an opportunity to beat ourselves up and to dwell in guilt, but to know that when we say sorry, God does forgive us. And Micah 7, 19 says, you will again have compassion on us. That's God. He will have compassion on us. God will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. And I've talked before with people about when God's forgiven, forgiven us, he has completely forgiven us. He doesn't bring them back to remind ourselves. That's us and our bad way of living, our negative way of living, our, that listening to the wrong voice, which is remind us, well, God didn't really mean to forgive you. Yes, he did. He forgave us completely. When God forgives us, he wants us to walk around knowing that we are loved and forgiven by him. When we are walking around, he doesn't want us to be carrying around the past wounds and the burdens and the feelings that perhaps he's already dealt with and that we've given to him, but then somehow we pick up and carry on with it. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, He bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds we were healed. We weren't being partly healed or slightly healed or slightly forgiven or partly forgiven. No, God has wholly forgiven us, wholly healed us. And he wants us to have the joy of him in our lives and not be burdened down by things we've done wrong in the past, which he has forgotten because he's held them into the sea, the sea of forgetfulness, as it says in one translation. And finally, he wants us to abide. And the point of a prayer such as the prayer of examine is to help us to keep our relationship with God alive and active. Not just to turn to God when things are tough, but to walk with him day by day, no matter what our journey consists of. We know the hymn by Henry Francis Light, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Scripture tells us that God wants to walk with us each and every day and all of us need God's presence with us. And if we go back to 2019, if you were part of RBC Life then, you will know that our text for the year came from Ephesians 1 verse 17. And it was about learning to get to know God better. We were encouraged to, to grow in our faith and get to know him more and more. And I wonder, now it's 2021, if we look back to 2020, 2019, can we say, yes, we do indeed know God better. We want that answer to be yes. But if it's not, what are you not failing or what are you failing to do that would mean that that relationship is getting better? You are knowing more about God. Maybe for you, this prayer of examine won't work for you, but you need to find your own way. Because what we want to do, as he said in 2019, as we say today and as we will continue to say, what God wants for us is for us to walk closer with him day by day. 
He wants us to find ways to recognise his hand at work, his voice speaking to him, to us. We, he wants us to find ways that we can give thanks to him and recognise his hand at work. He doesn't want us to be caught up in the things that maybe take us away, but he wants us to give them to him and rejoice with him, knowing that he abides with us day by day. Where are you with God today? Maybe this evening you need to take through those steps of giving thanks, of asking God to search us, of having that opportunity to review and then confess and then have the assurance of knowing that God is abiding with us as we were reminded from chapter 3 of the, Ephes of the, church, of the letter to the Ephesian church. It says in 14 to 19, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's what God wants for us. For us to be filled with, to the measure of his, fullness, of his love and his fullness. For us to know his love that is so big and wide and high and deep. To have the joy of him walking with us day by day and not wanting to hide away from him. But to be able to praise him and thank him for all that he has done for us. Are you able to do that tonight? As we have our last song, you have the opportunity to invite God and say, Holy Spirit, living breath of God, come and fill us. Tonight we pray.
Thank you for being with us. Thank you for just taking time out of your day to sing and pray and give our thanks to God. And as we close our time together, I'm going to repeat those verses from Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Good night, God bless, and see you again.